is Chewy. And I don't want to be one of those guys that's like just sharing pictures of their pets. You know what I mean? Uh, But I was thinking about what do I want my life to look like in 2016. Now, I know there's some of you, I don't need a New Year's resolution. I can change at any point in time. You know what? You're exactly right. You can change any time. You don't need the clock. You don't need the year to, uh, to switch over in order to make a change in your life. However, the New Year is a great time to reevaluate. It's a great time to dream. It's a great time to say, okay, Lord, what do you have for me? And so I encourage you, New Year's resolutions aren't necessary, but they're great. They're not going to hurt anything, right? And so I encourage you to, to ask yourself, what does the Lord want from me in this next year? Uh, what, what is he asking of me this next year? And just get a little introspective and ask yourself, um, what do I want 2016 to be like? So I, I was doing that about a month or so ago. Um, and then I began to think, well, what do I want the church to look like in 2016? What is the Lord saying to our church? And, and what, what I thought of is that I want to be like my dog. I want to be like my dog. Now, I don't know if you've heard this before, but there's something called dog theology versus cat theology. Where are my cat people at? Come on, I know. Yeah, see, we, we were historically cat people our whole lives, and, and Chewy's our first dog. Where are my dog people at? Whoa, way more dog people than cat. Man, cat people, y'all need to, y'all need to get on the ball. <laughs> There's something called dog and cat theology, um, the, the, and it goes like this. A dog looks at his owner and says, wow, my owner loves me, cares for me, feeds me, and attends to me. He must be God. And a cat says, wow, my owner loves me, cares for me, attends to me, and feeds me. I must be God. <laughs> well, we want to adopt dog theology, not cat theology. All right? We want to we adopt dog theology. And so we got Chewy for Christmas last year, and uh, he's, he's been a blessing. He's our first family dog. Uh, some people say he doesn't quite qualify as a dog. They call him a rat. Um, but and, and he does kind of look like that when he's wet. But uh, he's he's a trip, and uh, he's changed my perspective a little bit um, when it comes to how I want to live my life. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you four ways that I want you, this church, and that I want to be like Chewy. Does that sound like a, a plan this morning? Yeah, this is our vision for 2016. So the first thing I want to to show you is I, I want us to be like, I want us to enjoy the ride. I want us to enjoy the ride. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to show you pictures the entire pro- time, I promise, okay? I don't want to be that guy. But I couldn't help but show, Chewy loves to get in the car in the morning when I take the kids to school. And he always wants us, you guys know if you have a dog, they always want to roll down the window and stick their head out. And so here's little Chewy sticking his head out of the window. Little fuzzball, Okay. So Chewy loves the ride. He enjoys the ride. Now, the ride's not always smooth. Being a little tiny dog like he is, it's sometimes bumpy. Sometimes I'll take a curve a little too sharp. I've been known to do that. Uh, and he'll, like, fall in, like, the seat crack in between the door. and the, You know, he's, like, trying to get out. And, you know, but he still loves it. He still loves it. He knows it's not going to be perfect. But, but he still, he loves the journey. He loves, he loves the process. Uh, and, and so we want to enjoy the ride as well. And I want to read, this is, 
Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. It, it says this. It's in the New Living Translation. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Now, we believers, we Christians, we know that in our future, it's going to be awesome. How many of you are planning on going to heaven when you die? Yeah, great, good, congratulations. Okay. But sometimes the church at large, we get fixated on heaven and how everything's going to be fixed in heaven, and we forget that God is good now. God is good now, and he has good things for you. And I love, it says, I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness, not when I die, not when I go to be with all the saints, but I'm confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. And I want you to adopt this perspective in 2016. It's going to be a wild ride, but it's going to be a good ride. And we're not going to we're not going to shut ourselves off and, and and stay in our little corner here on 19 and 202, uh, you know, of the church and and have our little church services. And man, we're going to go out, and it's going to be a bumpy ride sometimes, but we're going to enjoy life's ride. See, the best thing about the future is that it's unknown. We think we want to know the future, but we really don't. Some of the best moments in your life were totally unpredictable. If you think about it, if you think back to some of the best moments, there are moments that you didn't control. There are moments that you didn't plan out. I'm not saying don't plan, but I'm saying that the Lord has a way of surprising us uh, with, with his will and his ways. And so, you know, don't, don't look at the unpredictable. Don't look at the future. Don't look at the unknown as a bad thing. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Look, there's going to be a lot of change here at our church in 2016. We're going to have a new staff member, the first non-Nunley staff member. We might have to adopt them so they still have the last name Nunley. Um, we have a new learning center that's just getting off the ground here. We, we have, uh, well, there are going to be new ministries, new ministry opportunities. There are going to be new people that, are gonna, that the Lord's going to send here, going to get plugged in to the church. There's going to be a lot of change. Are you ready to enjoy the ride? See, because that's the problem with a lot of church people. Is that we go to church and we think church is about us. We think church is about the way we've always done things. Right? And then things start changing a little bit. And then all of a sudden, well, this is not how we did it. Guys, I just want to let you know, as the lead pastor here, I don't like sitting still. I like doing, God's a creative God. He's a moving God. He has a plan. He has a desire. He has a will. And that's to save everyone that you know. And he wants you to be a part of that. He loves you enough that in your weakness, in your faults, in my weakness, in my faults, he wants to use us to reach the lost. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun ride. But I encourage you, enjoy the ride this year. Expect good things to happen. Expect good things to happen. Um, you know, you plan for victory and you learn to roll with the punches. You know, so many people plan for defeat. So many people plan for bad things to happen. Now, other people act like bad things never happen. And it's not ever, you know what I'm saying? 
And they're just like, no, nothing ever bad is going to happen. Look, I mean, this scripture says in this world you have tribulation. I'm not believing for it. I'm not praying for it. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to recognize it's going to happen. But I also know that the Lord's given me victory over any circumstance that comes my way. So I'm going to plan, I'm going to, I'm going to plan on being victorious. And when circumstances change, I'm going to roll with the punches. I'm going to say, okay, Lord, here's, here's where I trust you. Here's where I place my faith in you, not in my own ability. You know, I'm expecting good things this year. I'm expecting that people are going to get saved. I'm expecting that people are going to get delivered, healed, set free, taught, encouraged, filled with the Spirit. I expect all sorts of good things for us this year. And I want you to expect good things. Look, there is so much more that God has for you. So much more. Many of you guys, because of fear, have been putting off things like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Woo. Many of you have been putting off, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in a little bit, but you've been putting off fully coming into full fellowship here at the church. You say, well, I'll just hang out on the outskirts. Look, I get it. I understand. You've been burned. You're not sure. Get over it. Enjoy the ride. Okay? Enjoy the ride. Be like Chewy. He may, you may get thrown between a, a, a seat and the door every once in a while. But it's still worth it in the end. And it's much better than just staying at home. Amen? Amen. The next thing, the, the a way that I want us to be like Chewy this morning, is I want us to learn to embrace others. I want us to learn to embrace others. You know, Chewy, uh, he's a shorky, so he's half Shih Tzu, half Yorkie. And uh, Yorkies can be a little territorial and, and barky and stuff, uh, but he's not, we were really happy that he's not like that. He absolutely loves everyone. Uh, if you've ever been to our house, um, you, you know that you're going to get licked. Um, and then once Isaac's done, then Chewy is, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you know that you're, <laughs> you know you're going to get licked by Chewy. You know that you're going to get licked by him. Because um, he just, he loves everyone. He loves absolutely everyone. He just thinks they're the best. He, he views every single person, um, he, he views every single person through this lens of new people. Yay! And I'm thinking, I want to be like that. I'm not always like that, right? I mean, sometimes we're like, people, ah. I want to be like Chewy. I want to embrace everyone. Let let me share some scriptures with you. This is Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. It says, don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. The New King James says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, right? He says, remember, you've been identified. He has identified you as his own and guaranteed that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So he's saying, hey, don't, you you know you can grieve. You know you can make God sad. You know you can make the Holy Spirit sad by the way that you live. Did you know that? So what scripture talks about, grieving the Holy Spirit. When someone's grieving, they're crying, right? They're weeping, they're, they're, they're sad. They're, you can do that to God. Well, how? how? How can I make God so sad that he's literally grieving? Is, is it from watching bad movies? Is it from, no, look what he says. 
Don't bring sorrow by the way that you live. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Isn't that interesting? It says, don't make God sad. And here's how you do it. It's not by all the outward gross sins, although those are sins and you don't need to do those. But if you really want to know what hurts God's heart is when we're bitter, we have rage and anger and harsh words and slander towards other people. That's what hurts his heart. That's what hurts his heart. Does God like all sin? He doesn't like any sin. Okay? This is not a license. Well, God just doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what says all types of evil behavior? But, but what really, really makes the Holy Spirit sad is when you're mean to his kids. Isn't that what Scripture says? It is. We, we've got to learn to embrace others. We've got to learn to embrace them. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. Here's another one. Colossians chapter 3. There's so much in the New Testament specifically about how to treat each other. And if you look at history, you know, we have a, we have a common ethic here in the United States that you're, in general, you're good to people. Now, there are people that aren't good to others, but we look down on them. We're like, well, they're mean. We, we, that's bad to look down on, to, to not be nice to others. Do you, do you follow me? There's this, in general, we treat people nicely and we think it's odd when someone doesn't. That's because of the Bible, It's not because of any other religion. It's not because of any other government law that was passed. Scripture solely throughout the ages has been what's brought to humanity a sense of empathy and sympathy and love for fellow mankind. This is history. Because before Scripture came into being, even if you, even if you look in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, it was the first time the instructions to Israel to like, if someone was traveling, like take them in your house and be good to them. That was so foreign because the, the, the way of the world, the culture of the world back then was if someone's traveling, kill them, take their stuff, why not? That was the, that was the prevailing idea. And then then uh, Judaism came along, Israel came along, and God said, hey, you treat others with respect. And then Christianity came along, and Jesus said crazy stuff like love your enemies. It had never been said before. And the culture of generosity and the culture of, 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 of caring about the plight of other people, it comes from Christianity. It come, doesn't come from any other source. Seriously, this is history. So let's look at Col- uh, Colossians 3. Chapter twelve, I mean, uh, chapter three, verses twelve through fifteen. It says, "So God, since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you." Now, this, this, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. That's such a funny phrase to me. Make allowance for each other's faults. What's he saying? Go ahead and plan that people are going to make you mad. That's what he's saying. Make an allowance. Make an, allowance. an allowance is when you, when you save up, right? Store up patience for other people's sake. 
go ahead and know that there are going to be times when people torque you off. Isn't that interesting? Make allowance for others for each other's faults. No, look, every, no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. Go ahead and get that in here. <laughs> okay? There are going to be people that are here at this church that are part of your church family that are going to drive you nuts. There are people in your own natural family that drive you nuts, right? Some of you are so glad to be free of them right now because you've seen them all the holidays. So, so there are going to be people that, that, that rub you the wrong way. There are going to be personalities that don't jive. There, there are going to be people that you don't agree with. Look, it's, it doesn't matter. You make allowance for that. You make allowance for their faults. And you forgive anyone who offends you. And, and let me just give you some advice on forgiving other people. The quicker you do it, the more complete it will be. The quicker you forgive, the quicker you make the choice to begin the process of forgiveness and, uh, when someone has hurt you, the easier it will be. The longer you wait and stew over what they did to you, the harder it's going to be to walk in forgiveness towards them. Amen? Amen. That's a good word. If you are harboring resentment this morning, please, it doesn't affect me. Please, it affects you so, so much, more than you can ever know. You've got to let go of the resentment and the unforgiveness. Amen? Amen. So, so, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Man, that's, it's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy to live at peace with other people. But, but it's, it's, it's one of the ways, it's one of the things that God's called us to do. You know, one of the ways, this is good evangelism, by the way. If you're scared of going door to door and knocking and saying, hey, would you like to accept Jesus in your heart? A great way to evangelize is to love other people. Scripture says that, that, uh, that people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the best things, one of the best evangelistic things you can ever do is learn how to love people you don't like. If you learn how to love people you don't like, you are preaching the gospel. When you learn to love people who are unlike you, you're preaching the gospel. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I want this church to be a safe haven for anyone and everyone who wants to come. People who don't believe like you. People who vote different than you. Oh, my Lord, this is a political year. I might deactivate my Facebook. We'll see. Probably not. But, but, I mean, you're going to be tempted to get angry at people. Look, you're called to love them. You're called to love them. You know, I, I want this church to be a place, no matter what anyone's going through, no matter what sin they're struggling with, that they are welcome here to have an encounter with the Lord. Have you all seen our welcome sound out front? When you walk in, the little sign that's standing up there, you, I encourage you, if you haven't read it, go read it. We mean that. You're welcome. It doesn't matter what you're going through, where you've been, what you currently believe. You are welcome to worship here. Now, we're not going to put you in service in a place of ministry, if you're not a believer, but non-believers. Hey, I want Muslims to come. 
How else are they going to hear the good news? It's not by works. It's not by praying five times to Mecca. It's not by jihad that you get saved. That you can have a guarantee of salvation. I, I want them here. They need to hear the good news. And we need to be a people that doesn't freak out when we see others that don't look like us when they walk through the door. Amen? Amen. We've got to embrace others. It's so funny. Chewy embraces everyone. And he'll even, even when uh, we inadvertently kick him in the head or whatever because he's so small, or, or we do something, he starts licking us like it was his fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's how we need to be. We need to learn to embrace others no matter what. Amen? Amen. The third thing that the Lord has called our church to is a heart of worship. A heart of Worship. Now, I love the worship here at VFC. We are so blessed. I actually heard someone who doesn't go to our church uh, telling someone else in the community, they said, yeah, VFC pretty much has the best praise team in town, which I thought was a great, great compliment. But you know what? That's not good enough. That's not good enough. I'm glad that person thought we had the, the, the best praise team in town. That's wonderful. I'm excited. But you know what? I, I, even more than that, I mean, and our praise team does sound great, and they take us to the throne room. But I want to be known as a church that when worship starts, the fragrance of God falls in this place so strongly that we can't even know, how, we can't even hardly stand up. That his presence is so strong, so incredible, so real, so tangible, physically manifest in this place. Man, we, I'm, I'm grateful for what we have, but God, we can do better. We can do even more. We can do even more. And it's up to you guys. I mean, I have experienced incredible worship with crummy music. I have. Some of the best times of worship I've been in had crummy music. Well, thankfully, we don't have crummy music. But how good worship is depends on you, whether or not you're worshiping. See, it's, too, it's real easy for a church like us with, with contemporary style music to just, you know, to, to become worship connoisseurs. Well, that's not how they did it uh, on the radio. Well, that song, we did that song. <laughs> I've done that song before. It's not about the song. It's just a vehicle where, that we can all take at the same time to worship the Lord together. John chapter 4, verse 23, and, and I could preach a whole series on this, and I won't, but John chapter 4, 23, Jesus is talking with a Samaritan woman at the well, and, and he says this, it's kind of an aside, but he says, the time is coming, and indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Okay, you just received a really, really big hint about God in that scripture. God is actively looking for and seeking out people that worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you hear that? Okay, so God is looking. He's like, where are they? Where are they? So if you want God to move in your life, if you want to see the miracles of God, because I'm telling you, supernatural follows where he is. When you do things that attract the presence of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to beg for miracles. They just happen because God's there. 
If you want the presence of the Lord strong on your life, strong in our midst when we meet, then be a worshiper. Be a worshiper. Because he's looking for people. Actively seeking. Think about when you look for and you seek. You're like, your focus is on that, right? You're looking for something. He's looking for worshipers. The, the word, the Greek word for worship here is proskuneo. It's, it's a Greek word, and it means to kiss the hand as a token of reverence. And it actually comes from the word that means a dog licking his master's hand. Now, I told you before, Chewy's a licker. All right? If you don't like licking dogs, we're going to need to put him up or something. Because... He, he's, he just, he, he loves to lick, and it's like, dude, will you please stop? Like, I got it. You love me. Got it. But I, I've seen, even this year since we've had Chewy, it's, it's become so much more real to me about what worship is. It's like a dog licking his master's hand. You know, if we, we come in, we've all been gone in the morning. Chewy hates to be alone, and so, and all dogs do, and they just sit there and pine away for, you know, their owner's. And we come in, and he's just, he's just a ball of energy. And he's just, I can't even go anywhere because I'll step on him if I keep going. Because he's, he's, he's got that worship. He's, he's licking my hand, and he's, he's just, I'm the total sender. There's nothing else he's focused on. He's not worried about food. He's not worried, worried about going outside. He's not worried about anything else. He's simply, totally, and completely attuned to me. And that's how we should be towards the Lord. We should be like Chewy and lick the hand of our master. We should, we should worship and attract the presence of the Lord. Amen? I want us to be worshipers. I want us to have something. We do have something special here. But I know that as we continue to steward it even more, that the Lord's going to do great things. Lastly, I want us to join the family. Like Chewy joined our family this year. I, I want us to learn to join the family. You guys know if you have a pet, your pet is part of your family, right? I mean, it, it, it really is. And, 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 and so, you know, I want us to learn to join the family. Ephesians 2, and I have the scripture up here for you. It says, so then, this is the English Standard Version. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're members of the household of God. You are in God's family. And I want you to embrace that role. I want you to embrace that role this year. Look, the enemy is going to come to you and lie to you and say that you're on the outside. That you're different. That, 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 that you're dealing with stuff that no one else deals with. And everyone else knows the Bible way better than you do. And, and everyone knows the songs and you don't know the songs yet. And you're on the outside looking in. Everyone else is on the inside. You'll never be inside the club. Look, that is a lie from the enemy. That's not God. He says that you are members of the household of God. We are family. We're a family. First Peter 2 says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He, he goes on to say that you once were not a people, but now you are a people. In other words, you once didn't belong to a group, but now you belong to a group. Look, you, believer, belong to a group. You belong to a huge family of believers. And it's a wonderful thing. 
And family members protect each other. Family members share burdens. Family members share victories. Look, if if you're a believer and someone who calls BFC home, I, I want you this year to make the commitment to say, I am going to be a part of the family. What does that mean? It means you go to family functions. You know, you know our, our, our kids are, are in the teenage years and the preteen years now. And so sometimes it's dinner time and, you know, there's food on the table and everything. And we call up and they got their headphones on and they just want to keep doing what they're doing. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. And what do we do? We go up there. We take their stinking headphones off. And we say, come down to the table and be a part of the family. Be a part of the family. Look, there are so many opportunities for you. We have classes on Sunday nights that will be beginning in February. Look, the FaceTime groups, FaceTime groups, if you don't know what we mean by that, it's Wednesday night. We go to small groups on Wednesday nights where we go to houses and we enjoy each other's company. We share a meal and we study a quick Bible study. And it's not boring. You actually get to talk a lot. You actually get to interact with people. Look, if you're not in FaceTime group, you are not being a part of the family fully. You're missing meals. And, and we'll go on, and we're not going to force you, and we're not going to you know, come to your house and drag you out and make you go. But come on, we want you. You're part of the family. Don't believe the lie that the enemy uh, puts in, in your mind that says that you're not wanted. You are wanted. And these FaceTime groups, I'm telling you, these small groups are where you are going to find life. I'm, I'm glad you're here Sunday morning. I want you to be here Sunday morning. It's where we get together and we celebrate. But you need to be in a small group. Do y'all hear me? <laughs> you need to be in a small group. You need to be involved. Look, once a month, we have a blowout worship service. You should come. The first Friday of every month, beginning of this February, Friday Night Fire. It's awesome. You should come. You should come. You should go to FaceTime. Make sure your kids, if you have kids, get them in children's church and in youth. They're going to learn things that are going to stay with them the rest of their lives. They're going to back up um, the things that you teach them at home. You need to be involved. Classes. We're starting. If you've been through 101, you can go through 102. It's going to be starting in February. You need to be in 102. This summer, we're going to have all sorts of teaching series, several different small classes that we'll meet here on Wednesday night. You need to come to one. Be a part of the family. Don't don't be up in your headphones in your room. Make us come get you. Be a part of the family. Amen? Amen. Look, if you're not a believer, then this is your morning to join the family. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, this is your chance to come join the family. And, and for the rest of you that, that are believers and you're here and you say, I think VFC may be my home. Look, you, you are in luck. You are not at a church where the pastor gets paid based on membership. Like, I don't, I'm not going to pressure you to sign a sheet of paper. I want you to because it's how we can connect and do life together. But that, that's not an issue. So you don't have to worry about that. Okay? But we want you connected. We want you to be like Chewy. We, 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 we want you to be a part of the family. Let's stand for prayer.